Hey, how are you? It's Chris here. Look, before we kick off today, I've got a very special announcement. Between January 22 and January 28, we are celebrating the fifth anniversary of my best-selling book, Rise of the Youpreneur. We've got a brand new cover. It's been fully updated. All of the resources, all of the intros, all of the biggest takeaways, and we're giving it away. Well, practically, for 99 cents if you're in the United States, or 99p if you're in the UK, you can go ahead and pick up the book right now on Amazon Kindle. Not only that, but we are also giving away over $150 worth of bonuses when you send a copy of the receipt through to our team. All you need to do to get all your bonuses and obviously a copy of the book is head over to youpreneur.com forward slash rise. That's R-I-S-E. Right, let's get going. Serving up the strategies you need to build, market, and monetize a profitable, future-proof business around your expertise. This is the Youpreneur Podcast. And here's your host, international business mentor and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Hello there and welcome to episode number 478 of the Youpreneur Podcast. I hope you're doing fantastic. Got a very, very, very special episode lined up for you today. Dan Martell is on the show for the first time ever. And let me tell you, I'm kind of kicking myself that it's taken me 478 episodes <laughs> to get Dan on the show. Uh, we're going to be talking about his brand new book, Buy Back Your Time. Uh, it's already an instant bestseller. And uh, I think you'll agree when you listen to this episode with Dan exactly why the book has been flying off shelves, both physically and virtually, ever since it came out last week. Before we get there, however, I just wanted to say thank you to each and every single one of you who have gone ahead and done our brand new Next Step Business Assessment. This was something that we put together um, right at the beginning of 2023, and we've had over 2,000 people run through this assessment uh, which fundamentally gets a snapshot of where you are in your business right now, where the pain points are, and ultimately what you need to do next, hence the term next step, uh, to be able to continue to grow and build momentum and scale properly, no matter where you are in your journey. If you haven't taken the assessment already, and like I said, over a couple of thousand people have already done so, but you feel like it could be something that could shed some light on what you need to be focusing on right now at the beginning of a brand new year, you can do so by visiting youpreneur.com forward slash assessment. Now, on to our conversation with Dan. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Youpreneur FM, helping you build the business of you. So Dan, welcome to the Youpreneur podcast, man. It's great to have you on. Chris, it's an honor. Super pumped. feel like we should have recorded the last 30 minutes of our conversation because yes. that could have been interesting for everybody. But um, if it's cool, I want to set an intention. And I know you've had incredible people like this podcast again. I'm like super blessed to be here. Um, I want it to be one of the best ones you've ever do. I don't know how we do that. I don't know, but that's my intention. I well, literally will. I, I will be it. an open book and 100% will give 1,000%. I love the intention. And I think uh, we're already ahead of the curve because you're here and we're recording. And that's a good thing. Let's go. Uh, when I wrote my first book, Virtual Freedom, the beginning of the tagline was 
how to buy more time. Uh, dot, dot, dot. And now you have got this new book out, Buy Back Your Time. And I feel like we are almost um, like brothers from another mother, removed, half removed cousins or whatever, in that regard, in terms of the way that we think about things and, you know, clearly the way we run our business, the way we run our lives, our households, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We can get into all this stuff. But I'm curious to know, I mean, you've been building businesses for so long. You've been serving your coaching and your mentoring clients for so long in regards to all this stuff. The big question here really is like, what took you so long to put it in a journal that ultimately other people can pick up and take action upon? I mean, what's crazy is I've been sharing this stuff publicly on my YouTube channel for a while, but different pieces. And, and, you know, and because a lot of people know me as like, I'm the, the software guy, right? If you have a B2B software as a service, you know, all the subscriptions that people pay for every month, I coach those CEOs. So like in my world, it was a framework that I created to create the space for my clients right. to implement our growth yeah. playbooks, yeah, yeah, but it yeah. wasn't right. And so like, I, I, what happened was, is my buddy Ron was watching my YouTube channel one day and he's like, you need a book. Um, you have all these different frameworks on you know, scale because that's like what I'm really good at. Even though like most people don't realize like all my friends are for the most part, local business entrepreneurs, right? Like HVAC, plumbers, agencies, sign companies, home builders. Like th- that's my peer group. Even though everybody knows me as a software guy, my peer group locally in my, my town and, all, and a lot of my, my relationships are, are non-software. And um, he's the one that really pushed me to to write a book, and he was incredibly passionate about the concept of the buyback principle, which which states that you don't hire people to grow your business; you hire people to buy back time on your calendar. It's a calendar over capacity problem because if you don't follow that, you will easily build a business that you grow to hate. And that's yeah, what so happens to a can, lot can of people. Break that down. A little bit in regards to the the overarching principle and the message of the book. A little bit. Yeah. So my philosophy is that most people that actually grow businesses, especially like, you know, we're, we're climbing this ladder of success, you know, maybe you've heard this analogy, but you know, I just don't want people to climb the ladder and be successful, which a lot of, you know, people are willing to do the work. Like that's what I've discovered, you know, like given enough time, they're going to show up, they're going to do the work. They're going to overcome their limiting beliefs. They're going to create value in the market and they get to the top of this ladder and they look around because they're like, wow, this is crazy. It's not really what I thought it would be like, blah, blah, blah. And they realize it's leaning against the wrong wall. Right. So, so, and then usually I get the call. I call that the pain line. In the book, I talk about this because I've had like probably a hundred people in the last three years reach out to me if they hit the pain line. The pain line is I'm at a point now if I grow next, next month, right? For whatever reason, my life will become chaotic. My calendar will become chaotic. And I don't, I didn't sign up for this. I don't want to do this. And this, that was my story. Like I, I started a business. I, I failed for a long time. I just like I started when I was 17. Um, that I got to this place where I was a horrible friend. I was a horrible partner relationship to be in. And, and usually they want to do one of three things. I call them the three S's. They either want to stall, sabotage, or sell. Right? But if you ask them, if these problems weren't there, would you want to sell the company? They're like, no. Would you want to stop growing? No. It's like, would you... And the sabotage is a funny one, right, Chris? So sabotage one, it shows up like dragging your feet to reply to an email. Right. 
Like it's, it's so subtle. It's, it's like these little opportunities that you have hiring a key person, um, coming into your business and deciding to add a new product line, revamping your website, fixing your font. Like it's not prioritized or strategic, but it's almost like they do that to create chaos, to give them a reason to pull back. It sounds weird, but I've just, I've been doing this for a long time as a coach. I've seen it. And, um, and instead what, what I show them, I, I share the buyback principle, but then I say, look, there's this methodology called the buyback loop, right? And the loop is whenever you hit the pain line, and I probably do it every four months because I'm, I'm, I run two eight-figure companies. Like I'm the CEO of two active companies and I run Ironmans and I try to be an epic husband and I've got two boys. Like, And for me, the buyback loop is we start by auditing your calendar. And the unique part of that is time and energy. And energy is a big one for me. Second is we transfer. Once we create the bucket of things that suck your energy that are low value, we actually there's a methodology I teach to transfer that stuff to other people, your mm-hmm. team, hire, whatever. And then the third is Phil. And Phil is all about taking that newfound time and reinvesting it in the proper sequence. Because again, I'm not a four-hour workweek guy. The subtitle of my book is Get Unstuck, you know, Reclaim Your Freedom and Build Your Empire. Now, empire, my world, because that word scares a lot of people, is a life of unlimited creation you never have to retire from. And I think most people or like, I would like that because entrepreneurs just build. That's what we do. Like, we're yeah, not going to we, stop yeah. creating. Every time I I've talk had about a the book, it's like with yeah. anybody about retirement that is in our world of entrepreneurship, everyone is always I'm not retiring. I'm never going to retire. What am I going to do? Well, it's it's because you're asking somebody to retire from being themselves. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I, there's nothing. What you want me to retire from me? Like yeah. most people don't realize that if you sell your company for eight figures, you're literally going to be sitting poolside, conjuring up a new umbrella company and hiring the pool guy to be your first employee by noon. Like that's just what we kind of do. So right, right. I, I wanted to teach people what I've learned. You know, 15 years ago when I, I actually, and Chris, I don't think you know this, but I used to be engaged to another woman, not my beautiful wife today, Renee. And, um, I, I was a workaholic hundred hour weeks because I had failed twice in my business. And I just wanted to not repeat the same behavior, hired a business coach, e-myth coach, this guy named Bob. He like coached me and like, I would take action and, and I was just executing every Sunday. I would go in the office every weekend, but Sundays I, I was always back by 11, create some space for whatever family time kind of thing. Miss, I wasn't paying attention. I looked down to one thirty. I rush home. We just bought this place a month prior and I walk in the door and uh, my fiance's in tears and she just takes the ring off, drops it on the counter and says, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And that was that. Yeah. And like, I just asked myself, how can I be so good in business? At that point, we're doing three, four million in revenue in like two years. We did. It was literally like this crazy growth curve. But I, I was like, why am I so stupid in my relationships? What, yeah. what, what am I missing? And, and there was a six-month period where I actually like thought I might have to just accept that my destiny is I'm a builder of businesses and I'm a great uncle, but I shouldn't be in a relationship because I'm a horrible person to be with. Mm. That, that was my identity and, and beliefs at the time. And then I moved to Silicon Valley and I meet these people that show me 
like literally they're 20 year olds building billion dollar companies in seven years, right? Like all the stories you read, it's literally, they're, they're true. Like I, Travis Kalanick from Uber was one of my investors. I saw the Uber rise, uh, Brian and Joe from Airbnb were buddies of mine. I watched they like these, these things are true. And if you actually watch them operate, what I learned, and I also learned this from one of my mentors, Naval Ravikant, is they, because they raise capital, which is one of the four C's of leverage, it's code, content, capital, and collaboration. Those are the four C's. Because they raise capital, they can execute the collaboration faster, buying back their time. Sure. So if you look at like a startup founder, and that was my world, like software, is they will literally essentially hit the pain line almost like daily, if not weekly, and boom, backfill, boom, backfill, product management, like uh, project management, uh, chief of staff. I mean, like you just see them because they just absolutely can't not execute against the opportunity. They're investors, they have a board, they're like pressure and they're just, they're just moving. And once I saw that, it gave me hope because I want, I wanted to create a future where I could create and be in a relationship and be a good brother and be a good friend, right? I used to go to birthday parties with my laptop. Like this is how dumb I was. I was like mid twenties, my best friend Nick's having his birthday. And I literally in my head think I am the best friend ever because I'm so busy, but I'm still showing up. And I sat in his living room with my laptop, processing emails, contracts, hiring, sending out job offers. Well, there's a full-blown birthday party going on. And you know, a year later, he tells me, I don't know if you knew this, but you were a horrible person. Like, I don't understand. Why'd you even come to my house? And I'm like, dude, I thought I was doing a, like, I thought I was, I was a doing you a solid. Like, I, want, I want, yeah, I wanted to show you that I like value, like I wanted to be there for you, but I was also like trying to run this company, right? When you're right. in your mid twenties, most of your friends do not get this later on. He eventually got it, but I, but I also got that. That's not how you do it. Yeah. So I literally had to learn this methodology and this process just so that I could show up in the world and have more, right? Like most people think if I grow my business, and literally a text message yesterday from an early reader said, you know, like, uh, I read your book. I, I just literally wrote 8X. I put on my Instagram stories. I 8X my business in the last week. I think I could 10X, but I could tell in the way she said, I, I think I could 10X. She was scared to do it. Because in her mind, she connected to pain. Right. Right. And when I, when I wrote back, I said, the more you grow, the more freedom you'll have as long as you honor the buyback loop. There you go. Yeah. If you don't honor it, I, 100%. Yes. Growth means pain. Yeah. If you follow the methodology, it's impossible. Because literally, you can't deploy capital for labor unless you buy time out of your calendar, which creates freedom. If you use that as a forcing function, it's mathematically impossible to do it. Okay, this is great. I want to get into this a little bit. Um, in the book, you talk about time assassins. And there's five of them, according to the law of Dan. I'd love for you to focus on the two, which are kind of like your biggest pet peeve of time assassins. Well, yeah. Well, the one that almost took me out was definitely the self-medicator. So, so again, there, there, there's five and I'll walk you through them. But um, the self-medicator, I think a lot of entrepreneurs run through because you know, they're, they have a good year, they celebrate. Right? right? They have a bad year, they celebrate the exact same way. You know, They have a couple of drinks, they, they go have a dinner with their, their team or whatever. And like, 
Um, for me, like I almost, uh, like that, that was the thing that almost took me out because I, I actually had a drinking problem and just didn't know it. Like for years I would, I would, you know, it was social at first. It was kind of just what we did, you know, like start drinking on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're hungover Sunday, sure. you have a few more drinks and it just becomes the norm. Right. And, um, I mean, it almost cost me, uh, we were doing work for, um, Yale university and I, uh, I was celebrating. I remember calling my dad the morning that I showed up to like implement the software we had built. And I was like, dad, can you imagine? Like I grew up in a small town, in Eastern Canada, right? Like didn't, didn't even go to university. So like here I am going to Yale university to deploy software on their system. Right. And my dad was just like, this is crazy. And I was like, yeah. And, and, and I would, I wanted to celebrate that night. So I, I go out sushi, sushi night. Right. And next thing you know, you start getting on the sake and, you know, get to know the person sitting next to me. And we're all kind of like, you know, into this conversation and like, I get super like we stay up till 1 30 in the morning. I'm still working with the client. I got to show up the next morning. Sure. I get so hung over that I, and I feel absolutely embarrassed about it. Um, I called in sick and told him, I think I got food poisoning from the sushi place. There's only one just, sushi place. Yeah. It, it was, yeah. It was just like full blown alcohol binge that did it. And, and I'm blaming the people that just celebrated and had a good time with me. I'm like right. pulling the restaurant that did nothing wrong down with me on the story. Right. Because there's only right. one right. sushi place that they all know in New Haven. I mean, it, it, it sounds crazy, but when I reflect back on it, it's, it's been a decade plus now um, that I made the decision pretty much when my wife told me she was pregnant. That was like, I remember where I was. And um, I just said, I'm done. I don't, I don't want to introduce this potentiality of pain. Um, into so you're totally future. teetotal now? Yeah, I have not touched alcohol in uh, 10 years in May. That's great. Congratulations, yeah. man. That's a win. Well, well, and I appreciate it, but it's, it's kind of fun now because like, for me, like when I look at buying back my time and just rhythms, it's like I've just created the space to build the habits that eventually became my identity. So like when people go like, why'd you quit? Usually like in a social setting, people like, you want to drink? I go, do you have any... So I'll drink non-alcoholic beer. I drink I drink an, an, an obscene amount of this product called Zevia, which I really enjoy. Um, I do enjoy having a drink in my hand uh, and I love talking to people. And they go, oh, you don't drink? Did you have a problem? And I go, no, I'm just allergic. Like I, I just, I just shut it down because like, yeah. for me, the identity is, is not that I'm an alcoholic. I, my identity is I don't drink. Right. 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 And it's interesting because the whole, like buying back my time has allowed me to do other things that used to be like habits that were hard to build. Like sure. Ironman, I, I wrote down in my five minute journal for f- like probably five years before I ever did my first Ironman. I am an Ironman athlete. Like dude, I couldn't even swim. Dude. I mean, like but, every anyway. single time. I see you on social. You're doing something active. Or, I told somebody the other day, if I didn't work out, it would be as weird to me as not wearing pants. Right. right. Like I just, it's just part of who I am now. So that's why it's, I, I say that briefly is because I think habits are habits and they're hard at first. And then eventually they just become the norm. Become like somebody asked me, yeah. yeah, they go like, Hey, what are some habits that, you know, people like, what do you do to, 
to run these companies and and live this life and and it took me a while to think about it because I don't consider them like active habits anymore. They're just part of my life. So I had to yeah. like think of things I do that they might think is different, sure. right? Like my weekly meeting with my wife and all these other kind of r- rituals. But yeah, that like to me, that's what's cool is about these five time assassins is once you understand them, then um, their opportunities to to because like it doesn't cost anything to buy back your time. If you just audit some of the five time assassins, right, and and then you start there. So people are like, I don't have any money to hire anybody. I'm like, you don't have to. Let's let's just start start with that. So um, the other one is, um, <laughs> and you'll appreciate this. It's it's the penny pincher, right? Like okay. a lot of people don't realize that they're they're trying to save a like they're trying to save a, a ten cents to walk over a dollar, you know. And I and I share this story. Um, because I actually know you know the person, but I'm not going to mention who it is. But I had a buddy of mine that had a coaching program. He had a mastermind. And he was frustrated with just the way it was structured. He's like, it's stressing me out. And I, I got to do all this stuff. And he goes, you know, you you have like a thousand clients in your program. Like, how do you do it? And it looks effortless. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I created a curriculum and a, and a model, right? So like every event isn't, I don't start them from scratch. I have a, a scaffolding. Right. And he's like, holy moly. He goes, uh, you know, like, how, like, could you teach it to me? I go, I actually hired this guy, Simon Bowen, to teach me. Like, just hire Simon. He goes, Well, how much is he? And I was like, Look, I don't know if I got a bro deal. I gave him the number. You know, it's it's in the the five-figure range. And his reply immediately is, Does he have a book? I go, I don't think he has a book because he's literally the Mozart of this stuff, and he's got a wait list. And you probably never heard his name because he's working with all the top guys. And like, I got lucky. My buddy Taki told me about him. And uh, he's like, well, let me go online. I'll try to figure out if he has any stuff online. Okay. So like the investment was like, let's just make up a number because I don't want to throw Simon under the bus. But like, let's say it was 15 grand, 20 grand. His clients were paying him $25,000 a year to be in his program. And he was considering shutting it down. And it was like a two million a year business, so he put off solving a problem. Like at a certain scale in business, these these are not um, how problems; these are who problems. Mm. And I gave him the who to solve the problem, but because he was such a penny pincher, that he literally put his future at risk. I'm going to shut this thing down if I don't figure out how to do it in a way that I enjoy it. And instead of just hiring the guy that's going to solve the problem for him, like literally give him the answer to the test. Right. I'm gonna go try to figure this out myself. You want and, and again, you want to talk about time time second. I I knew his his buyback rate. I knew like his business. It's like, dude, this is not a decision that that is hard to make. Yeah, and yeah. like to me that those are the those are the opportunities. Yeah. Those those are like, um, yeah, just time assassins that cost you nothing. You just got to audit audit the way you're thinking, approaching your decisions. But most people resonate with those. So those are two of my favorite because. You know, like even if you free up your time, if you have a, a bad approach to how you reinvest it, you're never going to get the 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 level of scale that you can. Absolutely, completely agree with you. And I mean, like we see it all the time—a virtual star finder as well. People say, "Oh, wait, wait a minute! It costs five hundred and ninety-five dollars for me to find a VA with your company. Why don't I just go to you know 
one of the other sites. I'll just post my job description. Well, dude, if you want to go do that, that's all. Pay you 59 bucks or whatever it is to go post. But then when you get the 200 applications that come in that take three days to go through so that you can set up 10 interviews and get three no-shows and three people, I'm going to work and four people and blah, 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 blah. And then you got to do background checks and you've got to do all these other things. I'm pretty sure you're going to say, damn, I wish I just paid virtual staff fine of 595 bucks. You know what I mean? It's We see it all the time. The penny pincher thing, and I know who you were talking about, and I think it's hilarious. And the penny pincher thing is so true, though, I think, of so many people. And they need people like you to turn around and just say, all right, the fact that you're even spending more than five seconds over this decision is costing you money in and amongst itself right there. And and where else is that showing up? Like this is yeah. this is the thing, right? Is is this is a character trait, right? When I talk about like Phil, because people are like, okay, I bought back my time. I'm not talking about four hour work week. You do not go on a beach and hang out. I don't think you should work more than if you want 35 hours a week. But to, for you to buy back your time, like when when you execute this, as you know, like you get a good executive assistant in your life that actually manages your inbox, right? And in, in the book, I like literally say this is what needs to be true to go to level two. You're yeah. at level one. Do not pass go until these two things are true. 100% of your inbox, first level pass, and your calendar should not be managed by you. If you do that, you get like 30 hours a week back. Absolutely. Okay. It, there is no, and that's why I think you're in the business. There's no better trade. It is like the ultimate one if that's done in that process. And like people that are penny pitching are like costing them a lot of uh, money, even the shirker, right? That's another one of the five time assassins. You know the shirker just doesn't, um, like, pro- like d- they they put off like other people's responsibilities. So, for example, they'll like um, hire somebody to do something super important and then not monitor them, train them. It's actually a form of like self sabotage. Like it's an avoidism uh, uh, character trait. You know, I actually asked the guy. This is crazy. One of my buddies. Um, he, he, they did 70 million a year and then, and then literally went to zero the next year. So when I see those scenarios, I, I call, like I was, this oh. was two years ago and I get, create some space. I want to, I want to learn. And I was like, if you had to go back and like write down the three things, right. That it's like, Hey, I could have saved this. These are the three things we probably should have done. I didn't do first one was vision. And the second one was avoidance, right? This, this like delegate and not monitor, right? What I call inspect what you expect. It was it was this. And I, I feel like that's a place that creates a time suck. And it's not a lot of extra effort to just put some parameters in place. It says, hey, can you send me an email every Friday that answers these five questions? Like, yeah. again, I don't know. I like, I just, I just think like there's opportunities for uh, people to save time that costs nothing that could honestly get them a lot of time back, right? Sure. So you create emotional shrapnel, right? You okay. create, I mean, that's that's the thing. Even some of these decisions, it, it, it's maybe not even the physical time, it's the emotional burden of the ch- things that come up because of these, right? It's the the mental anguish of like not getting any sleep because you're like dragging your feet to reply to somebody because you're scared what that means. And eventually, when you finally find the moment on the Sunday afternoon where you feel inspired enough to reply, right, and then they go, "Yeah, sorry, that opportunity has passed." Yeah, do we had this situation no more than 
four weeks ago, every every quarter inside of our um, roundtable and incubator programs, we uh, we do an intensive, a four hour intensive, and um, it's all done via Zoom, and we bring a special guest in, and there was a lot of talk uh, about one particular subject. Uh, reached out to somebody and said, "Hey, do you want to do you want to be our guest?" A lot of people are asking about this particular thing. Um, I think it adds a lot of value. I think you you know you'd be able to offer a framework or two. Uh, our guys are going to eat you up. They're going to buy your book. They're going to look at courses. Bah, 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 bah. Yes, I'm in. 100%. Send me the details. Send them the details. And then no confirmation. Follow up. No confirmation. Follow up. No confirmation. Follow up. Nothing. So now I'm now I'm looking at, you know, VIP number two. Who's next on my list that can talk about this thing? I know a lot of people that can talk about a lot of things. And so I reached out to number two. He said yes. Got the confirmation. Got them to turn up. Blew everybody away, and then eventually VIP number one comes along and says, uh, "Hey, you know, I, I wish I wish you'd have you know uh, followed up on me." I'm like, "Dude, I spent like three emails. Like I, I sent you a voicemail on Instagram. You know what I mean?" So, so let, let's let's talk about that value. Like this is the thing with with having somebody manage your inbox and your calendar, right? People, people look at the cost, Chris, they right. look at, they literally, as you said, like, oh, what's the cost of this? I'll do it myself. No, 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 no. It's what's the, I, I call it um, bringing value into your calendar year. Okay. My executive assistant does no emotional attachment to a request on my time. Zero. Right. She processes it the same. She processes anything and she forces me to make a decision. What's that worth? She takes things that if I was left to me doing it, it would take me three, four days, maybe 14. If I'm on vacation, and I don't reply to something. I got to get something scheduled. And these are things that technically are going to move my dreams forward. I now get to pull them forward into my year, right? It's, it's, it's literally the ROI of, for my executive assistant is three to four X of just additional value she's pulling into my calendar year because of that outside of just the time buyback. Yes. God, so good. Okay. So um, let's, can we switch gears for a minute? Can I get personal for a sec? For sure. I'd I'd love to know. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously there's hacks, right? We call them hacks, habits, things, lists, whatever that you Involve in your private life, um, your 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 home life, your relationship with mm. your wife, with your children, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because of everything that you've got set up that you obviously talk about in the book, there are a number of different things that that are kind of available to you that are um, useful to you in order to further your personal life as well as your business life. Uh, one of them is like a full time like housekeeper slash health uh, a health. Um, or rather house help house house manager manager yeah. right and, that's the word i'm looking yeah. for yeah and 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 uh to be clear i think you know people use other words like au pair nanny right whatever house manager's good i like well i'll tell manager. you why is is it's just the reason why i think an executive assistant a thousand percent earns the term executive assistant betty is the ceo of our personal stuff okay so when i say she manages so I like she literally uh, takes. Yeah, let's care break it down. I want to know of our. I want to know what I mean, she it's, does. It's, this is great. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, and I, and I want I want to inspire people because like the way I look at it is any place where I'm not spending time with people I love, I want to spend with, or creating from my unique ability that adds value 
an impact to my 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 businesses and my creative endeavors. I don't want to do. So I literally don't do. I mean, it sounds, I don't want to say like my dad's like, man, this is crazy. You, you do not do any. I'm like, no, I don't do it because I, I, I don't want to. Like, and, and what do you uh, not because do? every time I say, I've never been to a grocery store in years, I've never put gas in my car in years. I do not know where any of the stuff, somebody asked me, like, where'd your sauna come from? Don't know. I didn't buy it. I didn't put it together. I don't like, I don't do any, I don't do any of that. I literally asked Betty, treat my life like your life. You're the CEO of all of our assets, all of our stuff. Here are the relationships to talk with my insurance person, my finance team, all this stuff. We create the structure in place and she owns it. Now she has a team because she's so busy managing our lives. Like, but she, she manages everything. She, we have a weekly meeting. We, we run our family no different than you should probably run your company where yeah, we enough. sit down yeah. on Wednesday, I have a meeting with my wife and then we have a meeting with the team and it's, it's my wife and my executive assistant and Betty because my, my house manager, she reports to my executive assistant. Right. right? And I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of nuts. Cause I have friends of mine that they, they, they see me do this and they don't understand it. And then I go and I see them buy the new Mercedes, whatever. I see them go on, uh, you know, three week <laughs> vacation to Europe, you know, business class. Right. And and I'm like, look, I love that you you're doing this stuff. I'm I'm a big fan of having everything because I have that stuff. Sure. But along, if you said like, you have to decide between the McLaren or Betty, the McLaren fucking goes in a heartbeat. Get it? Sure. Not even a question. Like literally, the two people that I would borrow money if I lost it all to pay to keep in my life is my executive assistant and my house manager. And the reason why is because they create so much peace of mind and allow me to have the space to be all the things I want to be for the people I love the most in my world, that there's no level of uh, lack of resourcefulness that I would have, I would, I would be creative. I literally would go, I would borrow, I would borrow hard. My, let's say you took Z, everything's gone, Dan, you got nothing, zero. I would go to whoever in the city will lend me the money at 15, 20% interest <laughs> to keep them in my life. Right. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, well, I'm I tell them this it. all the time. Yeah. I'm getting so it. that I could have the space to go do the thing that I know how to do better than anybody else in the world. Right. There you go. Because yeah. I created the space to build the skills, the beliefs and the character traits to create value in other people's lives. So as long as I have the time to do that, just a lot of people don't have the time to think strategically. They don't have the time to go to the gym. They don't have the time for their kids because they're busy doing stuff that just is, it, it releases the dopamine, right? Like one of my buddies, like he makes probably a million plus a year. And I go over to his house and he's sitting there struggling with this like package that came in the mail for something he bought that he's putting together and he'll spend four hours on that. And now the, the, these, these are what they'll tell you, Chris. But I enjoy that. Oh yeah, because mine—if you enjoy that much—my neighbor bought a. He's got a package and he's get put together. Do you want to do his? Well, I don't like doing that. My dad used to say that. You know, I was like, my dad had five rental properties and he would mow the lawn every Sunday. Okay, well, while he's mowing the lawn on all these five rental properties, let's be honest—he just wasn't spending time with us. Mm. And at one point, I asked him. I said, "Dad, why do you mow your own lawn? Like, you you should be able to pay somebody else to do this. Like, other people own rental property." He goes, "I like to do it," and then. When I was, you know, a little bit more smart alecky in my teenage years, I said, "Well, why don't you do the neighbors?" I was like, well, I don't like to do it that much. And I go, "I don't think your definition of like and mine are the same." Yeah, because I like to play in the woods. I like to skateboard. I like to, <laughs> you know, go wake surfing. Right. 
Right, right. Oh, dude, so good. Um, we could talk all day on this, but um, I think let's we've wet we've wetted everyone's appetites for you guys tuning in. You need to hop over to Amazon or hop over to uh, Dan's site. You only buy back your time. Site, is the site? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I literally I had so many um, templates that my publisher wouldn't let me put them in the book because they were like, "Hey, Dan, there's a difference between a university textbook and." bestseller. And I was like, all right. Right. So I I put them all in the downloads, everything from my preloaded year to my everything, the 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 time and energy audit templates, the scripts, the like job postings, the everything. Do we have have a job posting for Betty in there? I think is what everyone's gonna want. Not only do I have that, I even have an outline of the SOP. I love it. (laughs) Okay. So I want to give people an inspiration for what yeah. Dot com. com. Right. Okay. Um For you guys out there, uh, you know, it's, we have a lot of people come on the show. They've got books, they've got great frameworks and all the rest of it. Um, But when I see Dan doing exactly what he's talking about in this book, and I've seen him doing it for as long as I've seen him doing it for, um, you know, there's true uh, pedigree behind that. And, uh, you know, you guys need to pick up this book. Generally, you need to pick it, pick it up because um, being as genuine as I can, Books like this don't come along very often, and I think it's going to be a game changer. And uh, Dan, I appreciate you coming on and talking about it, dude. And I wish you all the best for the uh, for the launch, but more importantly, for for the impact this can have in in all those people's lives that pick it up and read it. It's an honor, Chris. I appreciate it. And everybody, as soon as you read the book, then come back to Chris and Virtual Staff Finder. Make that happen. It's go. an easy one. It's a one-two punch. Go. Yeah, this is like Batman and Robin, but there might be an argument over who's Batman and who's Robin. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, for you guys uh, tuning in, thank you again for spending time with me and my fantastic guest today, Dan Martell, as always. And um, we'll be back again with another episode very, very soon. Until then, take great care. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Youpreneur Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. Now, if you haven't already checked out our expertise monetization bundle, then you need to. In the bundle, we've included all the best swipe and deploy blueprints that we use ourselves in growing our businesses so that you can move your business further faster and avoid wasting time on the activities that, quite frankly, don't help you grow. Everything from growing your email list to developing products to sell and how to market them to your perfect customers is included and a host of other stuff as well. Just visit youpreneur.com forward slash bundle for more info and to get the jumpstart on your growth today.